Welcome to the Elevate Youth Podcast. Each week we get to experience the power of God through the Word. So kick back, relax, and get ready to hear this week's message. All right, what's up, youth? I just realized I've got my in-ear pack on still. That's going to be super weird for me. Hold on. Pardon me while I take this weird thing off my head. How are you guys doing tonight? You guys doing all right? Sweet. Hey, we are super pumped to start off this new series, Fighting FOMO. All right, Fighting FOMO. First of all, did you guys have a good Easter weekend? Did you guys have a good spring break? How many of you guys were off school last week? How many, of you, how many of you guys, anybody off school this week? A couple of you, all right, cool, man. Hope you guys are having a blast, having a blast. Hey, getting ready to kick off this series here. Um, I've been thinking a lot about school and the decisions that, you know, I had to make in middle school and high school. A lot of the same decisions that you guys have to make um, yourselves. And, and so, you know, for me, high school, um, I, I kind of like flew under the radar. So I went to McDowell. Do we have anybody, McD- anybody uh, from McDowell here? All right, a few. People in the back, you don't want to go to McDowell. You're... Okay, anyways, McDowell. So McDowell's a big school, right? So it's really easy to kind of fly under the radar. To be perfectly honest, I really didn't get into too much trouble. My grades were actually pretty bad. I failed algebra. Like both times I had to do algebra one, algebra two, summer school for both, that whole, that whole nine yards. So I kind of cruised through um, high school. Um, and I actually, I met Jesus for real, for real, like really just on my own, gave my life to Jesus when I was in eighth grade. So before I even got to high school and then I went to high school and I, I was just faced with a lot of the decisions that you guys are faced with. You know what I mean? You have to kind of decide like what crew are you going to be in? You know, what kind of crowd are you going to kind of run around with? You've got to kind of decide who your friends are, you know, and as a follower of Jesus, I quickly realized um, that even as a follower of Jesus, it's, it's easy to make bad decisions in school, in middle school and in high school. And, you know, as a follower of Jesus, you know, we, we're, we're, we are told in the scripture that our old life is gone, that we have a new life. That's what we are celebrating with water baptism with some of the students here even tonight who were baptized. That's what we're celebrating. We're celebrating that that old life is gone, that old life is buried, and then out of that water comes a whole brand new life. And that's what we're, that's what scripture tells us when we begin that life with Jesus, that the old is gone and that we've got this new life. But here's the thing. Even with a new life, your past is still your past. All right? The mistakes, maybe the decisions that you've made in the past are still there. That's still just as much a part of you. But the difference is now is that that past doesn't define us. Okay? Our past does not define us. Jesus and our identity is now found in Jesus. But it is still a part of us. And so maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you didn't grow up in church. Maybe you've, maybe it's your first time here tonight and we got a little bit of a lighter crowd, but that's, that's all right. I'm super glad all of you guys are here, but maybe it's your first time tonight. Maybe you've been coming from, uh, from day one to elevate youth, but no matter who you are, no matter where you're coming from, whether you go to a big school or whether you're a homeschool class of one, we're all going to be able to get something out of the message tonight. And we're really, really excited about jumping into this new series because this is something we can all relate to. So we are going to talk about fighting FOMO, all right? So in that series title, Fighting FOMO, we've got two words. The first word is this, fighting, right? So the first word we're going to look at is fighting. We want, here's our, our goal is for you guys, every single student who comes through Elevate Youth, we want you guys to graduate high school with like a doctorate degree in fighting, all right? A doctorate degree. We want you guys to be doctors of fighting, all right? Now, we're not actually talking about real, like actual fighting, but we're talking about how to fight for the life that God has for you, how to fight for your friends, how to fight for those things well, and how to fight to win, right? Because fighting just for fun isn't actually really that fun. If you're going to fight for something, you want to win for it, right? So we want you guys to, to learn how to fight 
well here for the life that God has for you. The second word in there is FOMO. Does anybody know what FOMO stands for? Oh, come on, yell it out. Fear of missing out, all right? So that's something that's thrown around sometimes on social media. So everybody, most people in here, I'm sure, have a cell phone, right? You guys are on Instagram, Snapchat. And here's the thing. This, this is a lot of times what, what happens, and I do this myself. You're just scrolling, scrolling through your Instagram feed, just scrolling, 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 just looking. You're not even really looking at the pictures. You're kind of looking to see who's posting what, you know what I mean? And then you kind of see somebody that might stand out. Maybe you follow a celebrity or friends at school. Those people stand out, but you're just scrolling through, and you're just looking, and you're looking, and you're looking. And here's the thing about about that, um, a lot of times it, it, it's the first thing that you do in the morning. How many people, first thing that they do, they wake up in the morning, they just grab their phone real quick, make sure anything, a couple of you. And a lot of us, it's the last thing that happens. My wife is constantly getting on my case because sometimes I'll get in bed. I'll be like, hey, what's up? And I'll grab my phone. I'm just looking through Instagram, looking at some Snapchat stories. And she's like, what are you doing? So for so many of us, it's the first thing we do in the day. It's the last thing that we do in the day. And it's really easy to leave it, for that to leave us kind of feeling depressed. You know, sometimes you're looking through that feed, you're looking through that Instagram feed and those Snapchat stories, and you're just seeing all these things that other people are doing. You're, you're kind of like living vicariously right through the lives of these other people. And it's hard to not um, have that feeling of wishing that we were somewhere else or that we were hanging out with somebody else or we had something else in our lives than what we've got. That's really, really hard to fight. We can have an Instagram feed really that's completely full. We can have, we can have, a, I talked to somebody two weeks ago when we had youth, we were talking about Instagram and, and I was like, yeah, how many Instagram followers do you have? She's like 1,200. I'm like, yeah, me, me too. I got like totally 1,200. I got like 400, you know what I mean? But it's like one of those things, it's like it's so easy to get caught up in that Instagram world. We can have an Instagram feed that's completely full. We can have a Snapchat story feed that's completely full. But, but that can still leave us just feeling completely empty sometimes. I don't know if anybody here can relate to that, but I definitely can. And so to help us understand this idea of FOMO, which is the fear of missing out, this constant fear of just feeling just discontent or just feeling that, that we are missing out on something else, we're going to look at this guy right here. This is Achilles, and you guys are going to have to pardon. We've got a little bit of a different, we've got our Easter set up here. Dylan, our sound guy back there, blew up a projector, so that one's not working. So anyways, we've got this projector. So guys, check that out. That right there is Achilles. He is, a, he is, is part of Greek mythology. All right, he was a baller back in the day. Look at that picture. He's just dragging some dude. He just pulled that guy's helmet off of his head. He's just dragging him along with his horse. Like, so that's Achilles, who was a Greek god. And you see, here's the thing about Greek mythology. Most of the time, people who were Greek gods in Greek mythology were actually real people who were just ballers at something specific. Like, they were just really, really good at something. And then, basically, they would start telling stories about how good they were at that. And then that story would evolve into bigger stories and bigger stories and bigger stories. And eventually, they started writing songs about these people and poems about these people. And they became these mythological gods in ancient times. And that's the thing about Achilles. So, Achilles was a real dude who was really, really good at fighting in war. He was so good that people started writing those stories and songs about him. And here's the legend that they ended up coming up with. They ended up coming up with this legend that Achilles' mother, when he was a baby, dipped him into the river Styx um, so that he would become immortal. Basically, any part of the, his body that the water touched was be, going to become immortal. But you see, she had to pick him up from somewhere, so she picked him up by his heel and dipped him in the river. And so that was the only part of his body that didn't get the river Styx water on it. And so the only way that you could kill immortal Achilles was by shooting him in his heel, right? And ultimately, the legend goes that that's what happened. Somebody shot him in his heel, and now he did. Okay, and so that is, that's the story of Achilles. And to this day, we still use that term. We still use the term Achilles heel to refer to um, a weak spot. 
You know, we still refer to that as a weak spot. Some of you guys follow sports. You know, you might be, be into basketball or baseball, and you might have that one player who's on the team, but he's kind of the weak link. Everybody knows it. You know what I mean? You might have that guard or that first or second baseman, you know, whatever, who's just, like, not quite up to par with the rest of their team, you know, and they are the Achilles heel on that team. It's like, you know that if they can just get to that guy, then the game's over, you know. So that is still a term that we use to this day, the Achilles heel. And so you and me, one of our Achilles heel is this fear of missing out, this discontentment with where we are in lives, in life, in the lives that we're li- living, and we're just so afraid that someone else somewhere is living the life that we want to live. And, and actually, we can look to Scripture to see when this, this whole FOMO um, started for us. And so we're going to look at Genesis 3. If you guys have your Bibles, open those up. If you don't, if you've got a smartphone, grab that Bible app we talk about a lot. It's super important that when we look at the Word of God, which we're gonna, we talk about every single Wednesday here, um, we, we look to God's Word for answers to questions that we have in our life. It's super important for you guys to look at those words. It's going to help you really internalize that. So open up that app. If you don't have the Bible app, just Google Genesis 3 in, your, in Safari or your web browser and just click on what pops up and you'll be able to follow along. So Genesis 3, here's, here's how we're going to break it down. This is where God had created Adam and Eve. He had just created them in the garden. In, they lived in this garden, this garden of Eden, this place where they had everything they could possibly want. It was all for them. It was all for them to enjoy, right? And God said, this is all for you, except for this one tree that's in the middle of the garden. That one, no, no. No, no. Don't eat the fruit from that tree or else you're going to die. Okay, so that's the setup for these guys. And, and a lot of people, they ask, actually, why would God even tell them not to touch the tree? You know what I mean? Why would, God, why, why would God be so mean to tell them, like, all this is for you except for that? A lot of you guys know I talk about her a lot. My daughter, Gracie, um, she's almost two. And here's the thing. If Gracie walks into the kitchen while I'm cooking up some dinner for, for her and myself and, uh, and, and Emily, my wife, and if she were to reach up and try and grab this hot pan, and I kind of grab her hand, I say, no, 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 no which I feel like I say all the time to this girl. But anyways, because she gets into everything. So if she were to reach up for that pan, I say, no, 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 no. Am I being mean to her by not letting her reach up and grab this hot pan? I'm not, right? Nobody would, nobody would say that I am. That's because I love Gracie so much that I don't want her to get hurt. I don't want her to reach out and touch the thing that's going to hurt her. That is God's way of showing love to Adam and Eve, really by saying, look, there's this tree. I'm really not going to go into all the details of why not, but you just have to trust me. Gracie doesn't understand that hot pan is going to hurt her. Adam and Eve really couldn't comprehend why, but it was God's way of showing love to them by saying, do not, just please, please, please do not eat that fruit from that tree or you will die. Then the Achilles heel of humanity comes into play. So Genesis 3, verse 1 through 6, it says this, now the serpent, who was more crafty than any of the wild animals, animals, (laughs) any of the wild animals the Lord God had made, he said to the woman, did God really say, this is the serpent saying to Eve, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from that tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows. So there it is right there. That's where he starts kind of throwing it in there. He starts saying, you know what, but God knows. God knows this thing that you don't know, and that's why he doesn't want you to touch that. You know, he, he wants to keep all that knowledge for himself. He's holding out on you, right? So that's where he starts kind of putting that little seed into, uh, into Eve's mind. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, which is so messed up. Man, Eve, she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. You see, they were being tempted by the serpent who was telling them that God was holding out on them, that there was something else um, that, that they could have that they didn't currently have at that moment. You put yourself in that story for just a second. You're living in community with God. It said that they literally, they just walked around with God in the most beautiful place that could ever have been created. It was all created for them. They had everything they could possibly need. Um, And then the enemy comes in and says, you know, but there's so much more. There's so much more for you and God's holding out on you. And they were so afraid of missing out on that, that they eat the fruit, then God shows up and then they died. And that really is ultimately because they didn't want to have to rely on God. They wanted to be God. The, the serpent was right. That's why, um, that, that's why they were going to die as a result. And so because of that, now every single human that was born after them is born into sin. Everybody, you, me, your mom, your dad, my mom and dad, LeBron, Bieber, everybody who was born after that is born into sin and is born with this fear of missing out. Everybody has this fear, even as Christians, that if, we, if I live this way, if I live the way that God wants me to live, then I won't be popular or I won't have the friends that I want to have or be able to do the things that I want to do. If I date the way that God wants me to date, then I'll miss out on so much. If I, if I go to college or, or go to the college or live the kind of college life that God wants me to live, then I'm going to miss out on so much. Maybe this is the reason you're here tonight and you haven't given your life to Jesus. Maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus because you're afraid of, man, if I have to live this life that Jesus and God and the Bible and other people say that I should live, then I'm going to miss out. And maybe, maybe it's because the things that right now in your life bring you the joy or the pleasure or popularity or the status you have are going to go away, and you're afraid of that. But you see, here's the thing. This is something we all struggle with. But then Jesus came into the middle of this story. After thousands of years of people struggling with it, he comes and he lives the way that he did, and he completely changes the game. Completely changes the game, so much so that even thousands of years later, you say the name Jesus, people know what you're talking about, whether they're a church person or not. They know who you're talking about. In some countries, you say the name Jesus, and that can get you killed. That can get you killed or murdered in other countries. That's how big of a deal Jesus was, and that's how much he changed the game by the way he lived his life. And so he showed us how to live and how to fight this irrational fear of missing out. So let's look at a story about Jesus doing that. Jesus being the game changer here in Matthew 4, uh, verses 1 through 4. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. The, the, The actual Greek word for devil means tempter. Okay, and that's important. We'll come back to it in just a second. So he was there to be tempted by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became hungry. During that time, the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, then tell those stones to become loaves of bread. There he is tempting him, basically trying to say, look, if you really want to prove like that you are who you say you are, then just go ahead and do this. The thing about Jesus is that he was fully human, just like you and me. He was also fully God, but he was fully human. He struggled with the same things. But you know what? Satan, the devil, the tempter, thought that he could fool Jesus with the same tricks that, that we fall for. But here's what Jesus said. Um, Jesus, Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of 
God. You see, that's how Jesus combated that temptation to fear um, that he was missing out on something. We need to be able to learn how to fight like Jesus did. Every day we're going to face that temptation to be somebody that we're not, to want to live a different life than what we've got. So here's the thing I want you guys to lean in on tonight is this. Some people are actually physically leaning in. That's good. That's good. So we can listen up. Here's the thing. Guys in this room, there are some guys here tonight. There's some guys here in this room tonight who you might be, you might be a baller at Call of Duty. You might be a hero at Call of Duty, but you're a coward in real life. Oh, yes, I did. You might be a hero in Call of Duty, but you're a coward in real life. You are afraid to be able to train and study and be able to train up, to learn how to fight, to live the life, to be the man that God has called you to be, to be able to make the impact on people and be an influence on your friends and even on your family that God has for you. But you're, you're afraid to do that because you're afraid of what other people are going to think or what other people are going to say. Ladies, here's one for you, all right? Here's the thing. You might be... You might be gorgeous. You might have the Instagram followers to prove it. Okay, but here's the thing. You might be gorgeous, but you might be lacking character in real life. You might be gorgeous on the outside, but lacking that character in your life on the inside. And, and here's the thing. It's easier to, to stay caught up in yourself. It's easier to get caught up in yourself or in your friends or to kind of hate on other girls and then just turn around and walk away and not really realize the, the, uh, the injury or the devastation that you might be causing for somebody else in their life. There are so many, there are a lot of couples in here. There are some couples in here. Maybe even tonight, there's couples in this room that really have nothing in common. They don't have any relationship goals, and it's just easier to connect um, with each other or to feel something by, by, by just hooking up or sending pictures or just pushing boundaries in your relationship. It's just easier to go down that path sometimes. And then there are also some of you here who, who might even hurt so badly because you don't have the friends that you want to have. You're, maybe you're not the athlete. You're not the popular girl. You don't have those quadruple-digit Instagram followers. You don't get invited to hang out on the weekends. You don't get invited out or asked out to dances. Man, you're, you, maybe you are missing out, and you want so badly for anybody, just for anybody to notice you. Maybe you don't even care if you're the, you're the popular kid. You just want somebody to notice you, and you get so lost inside your head, that, and you struggle with that depression, and, the, and maybe even sometimes the thoughts that, man, maybe if I weren't even around right now, then it wouldn't even matter. It wouldn't even make a difference to people. Listen, no matter who you are or where you're at, good or bad, we all need to stop fearing, stop worrying, and start fighting because there is so much more that God has for you than what you can what you can ever get for yourself. And so if we're going to learn how to stop fearing and start fighting, we need to do a couple of things. The first thing is this, we can learn to fight like Jesus by naming our enemy. So there we go. Name your enemy. You know, Jesus knew exactly who he was talking to. He was talking to the devil. He knew that he was the tempter. He saw him for what he was and what he was trying to do. And here's the thing about the devil. Honestly, this is, this is kind of my thought, that the devil really doesn't want you to screw up in these big, huge ways all the time. He really doesn't. Here's what the devil really wants you to do, especially as young people with a huge potential to be able to reach and impact people around you. He really just wants you just to kind of coast through. He wants to kind of push you towards making the easy decisions, taking the easy way out, not fighting, just coasting. Coasting all the way through middle school, all the way through high school, really not leaving a trace of influence on anybody. 
that's ultimately what he wants you to do because that's honestly a lot easier just to learn how to or just to end up coasting through high school. It's easier for him to do that. And here's the ironic thing. If you do choose to live the life that Jesus wants you to live, if you live as a follower of Jesus, you will miss out on a few things. Let me tell you what you're going to miss out on. You're going to miss out on shame. You're going to miss out on guilt. You're going to miss out on wasting a life. You are going to miss out on those things, and, and the devil does not want you to miss out on those things. Those are the things that he wants in your life, and he's going to try and push you through life um, towards all of those things. The en enemy does not want you to miss out on that. So we have, to, we have to know our enemy. We have to understand what's going on. We also have to know our weapons. If you're, if you're fighting, if you're going into battle, or maybe even some of you guys are hunters, maybe anybody here hunt, um, you guys have to know your weapons. You don't just go rolling out there into the woods and just grab whatever. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't go hunt a squirrel with this big baller blaster shotgun, you know, and blow the little thing into a million little pieces. You just can't do that. You need to know your weapons. You need to be able to know how to use them in the right way. And so that's really, really important. That's actually what Jesus did when Jesus was, was responding to Satan. He said this. He said, the scriptures say. That was his answer. A lot of times, if you look through the New Testament of the life of Jesus when people were trying to come against him I mean, and say things about him or trying to, to ask him a question to trick him into getting to say something that was going to get him in trouble, he would always or often respond with, well, the scriptures say or don't the scriptures say. He always used God's word. That was one of his weapons. And in this case, that was the weapon he used to fight that fear of missing out. We believe that the answers to every question that we ever have for any circumstance we face in this life can be found in God's word. We talk about that a lot. So again, grab that Bible app, not just for Wednesday nights, but even at home. Grab that Bible app. If you don't actually have a printed Bible, let us know after service. We will give you a Bible tonight. That's how important knowing God's word and understanding what a powerful weapon that can be. Um, that's how important that is to fighting this fight. A next weapon that we need to learn uh, how to use is our friends. Our friends can be a huge weapon. You need people around you who are going to encourage you, people who are going to push you to live better, who are going to help you study and train and help you fight and help you win in those fights. Honestly, I would not be the person that I am today if it were not for my friends. The friends that I grew up with when I was your age and even the friends that I've got now, most of them are still my friends today. I would not be that person if it weren't for my friends. And here's something that we're going to do actually for you guys. This summer, we're really excited and we're going to be talking about it more and more as we get closer. But this summer, we're going to be launching some small groups and, and really... The way that we want to do this is, is to create an opportunity for you and your friends to get together, to be able to really dig into God's word, to be able to take these two powerful weapons in your life and bring them together um, every single week to get together, to learn, to study, to make new friends, to be able to get to meet leaders, people who are in your corner and who are going to be there as you fight the battles that you face in your life. So we're super pumped about small groups coming up, so make sure that you guys are listening out for that. All right, so we need, to, we need to know our enemy, we need to know our weapons, the Bible, and, God, and our friends. And the third thing is this, is we need to understand unconditional acceptance. Unconditional acceptance. When we're faced with decisions or options, A, B, or C, after the game, you know, some people are getting together, maybe they're up to no good, you know, some people are going to get together, maybe go, go smoke a little, maybe go party a little bit. You're faced with those decisions, right? Am I going to do this or am I not going to do this? Here's the thing, when you understand unconditional acceptance... Here's what your response can be. Your response can and should be, I don't need that. God loves me, and that's enough. God loves me, and that's enough. 
You know, you, you, you're able to tell yourself that I don't need to do this and I don't need to have this to, to, to tell me um, who I am or what I think I need in my life. God loves me and that's enough. If you want to fight and, and you need to know that God's love is enough for you and then you've got to just stop fearing and start fighting. So I want everybody in this room tonight just to go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. Nobody looking around. I just want to remind you this, that as we've talked tonight, and as we've just, we've talked a little bit about unconditional acceptance, you need to know that no matter who you are in this room, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done, you need to know this, you need to know that God loves you, that God gave everything for you, that God gave his son for you, that Jesus, his son, gave his life for you, that Jesus has never left you. That Jesus will never leave you. That he is right there beside you no matter what you face, the good and the bad. He's right there beside you with more joy, more hope, more peace, more love, more freedom and forgiveness and encouragement and friendship and blessing and bigger and greater plans for your future than you could ever possibly imagine or dream up for yourself. That's who God is and that's who God says you are. That you can be a child of God. Just like that there's nothing that Gracie could ever do that would cause me to love her any less. There is nothing that you could ever do, nothing that you could have ever done to be able to cause God to love you any less than he does this moment. And he says that all we have to do is we have to make that decision. That we have to make that decision to say, God, I accept the price that you paid for me through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. To make that decision to say, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. And that I believe you died for me. And that I'm going to do everything I can to turn away from that life that I used to live. That life of guilt and shame and doubt and bad decisions. I'm not always going to make the perfect decisions. I'm, I know that I'm probably still going to screw up. But I'm going to turn and I'm going to run towards the life that you have for me. And when we do that, he's standing right there with everything that you need to be able to fight. Everything that you need to be able to fight and to be able to live the life that God has for you. So tonight we have two opportunities for you, two invitations. The first one is this. If you're sitting here and you've just been feeling empty, I talk about that emptiness that, that you may be feeling, that you may have been pursuing um, just more and more in your life. You've been wanting more and more, but you've not been feeling the joy and the hope and the fulfillment that you thought those things would. And maybe you've never made that decision to follow Jesus. Jesus can give you all the things that you need in your life. He can bring you that fulfillment and that joy and that hope because God's love is enough. And you say tonight, I'm tired of being empty and here's the thing, what do you have to lose? If you've been chasing after these things in your life and you're still feeling empty, what do you have to lose? You can give it a shot even tonight. So if you've never prayed that prayer to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then tonight, right where you sit with every eye closed and every head bowed, nobody looking around, you can do this. You can just slip up your hand. So tonight in this place, if you, if you say, Jesus, I want to give my life to you, you can just slip up your hand. We're not going to make anything weird. You can just go ahead and just give it a shot. Amen. Amen. 
You can go ahead and put your hand down. If you, if you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you want to make that decision, here's the thing. Make sure as soon as we're done, and just everybody keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. But if you want to make that decision, you can find a leader following the service. Leader, if you were sitting around and maybe you saw somebody's hands go up, you find them, you go to them, you talk to them. Students, you can find the leaders following the service. They would love to, to talk to you, to pray with you, to give you any resource that we possibly can to help you fight and help you begin a new relationship and become a new creation and with a new life that God has for you. And if you've been here tonight and you are a Christian, you've asked Jesus into your life, but maybe you've stepped out of the ring a little bit. Maybe you've stopped fighting. You've taken the easy way out. Maybe you've made some bad decisions and haven't been the person that Jesus wants you to be, the person that Jesus died for you to be. then our leaders would love to be able to pray with you as well. And so you can also feel free to find a leader after the service and just grab them real quick and say, hey, look, I need to get stronger. I need to learn how to fight. And they will do everything they possibly can to help you. So I want to pray for, for both of you. If you raised your hand or maybe you've been just not living the life that you need to live, I want to pray for you tonight. So would you guys just go ahead and pray along uh, with me. Uh, you don't have to pray out loud. Let me just pray for you. God, we just thank you for tonight. We just thank you for your word that can give us direction and clarity for the life that you want us to live. And we know um, it's not easy. And you know, God, it's not easy. That there are so many struggles and so many temptations and so many questions in this room even tonight, in the minds and the hearts of students here tonight. So God, help them. Help us be stronger. Help us learn how to fight. Show us what it means to be a follower of you. Show us what it means to, to miss out on feeling shame and guilt. Show us what it means to, to not miss out on freedom and hope and joy and love. And God, as you move in our lives, as you move in the lives of these students, I just pray that, that they would go and make an incredible impact on the people around them. God, we believe that the best is yet to come for each and every student in this room tonight. So tonight we surrender all that we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to all that, that you say that we are and all that you have for us. Jesus, we love you. We want to make you the most important thing in our lives, so help us. We love you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you want to learn more about Elevate Youth, check us out on Instagram by searching EC Youth or on Facebook. See you next week.